Hey everybody, welcome to Between the Horns. It is Wednesday, March 27th. Miles Simmons here across the table from DeMarco Farr, who is staring at his microphone like it's a foreign object that he's never seen before. I'm just trying to figure out where the hot part is. What? You know, so I won't be too loud or get too excited. It's a mic. I know. How many years have you been on either radio? For, forever. I'm, uh, but I've never really studied a microphone before. Well, it's got a cover on it, so you're not really going to be able to see much of whatever it is okay. that you want to see anyway. I don't want right to, like, now. blow your eardrums out if I get too excited. So. Anyway, <laughs> it's about 11.15 a.m. Pacific time here in Agora Hills, California, where we've got a bunch of things to discuss, really. Um, the one thing that I, I want to get to a, bit, a little bit later in the show, let's talk about Malcolm Brown a little bit what it means that he's back also we learned a little bit more about clay matthews what his role is going to be since the last time we've done a podcast but i want to start demarco with rule changes because there are some pretty big things that have gone on um, in the owners' meetings over the last couple of days. And so now, really... I saw those pictures. <laughs> they had the pictures of all the GMs and all the head coaches. Oh, yes. You saw those. I did those see those. Those were interesting. One yeah. of the, the head coach pictures, Sean McVay, was not in. Yeah. Where that? was Coach McVay? Well, he blew up um, our PR director here, senior PR director, Artis Twyman, yeah. who apparently, I mean, you can see the clip. It's floating around there. Apparently, Artis told him that the picture was canceled and then the picture was back on, and by that time, McVay was chilling at the pool and wow. at that point he says artist is this a bad look if i don't go and artist is like not really and so he was one of six coaches who was not not in that there picture. okay so there must have been a lot of miscommunication <laughs> going on between a lot of people do you find head coaches what can you find head coaches for, not for missing picture? pictures yeah. i doubt it because i know players get fined if they miss the team photo yeah, but I mean, like, yeah. that's not a team photo. That's just a photo. But it's photo. The, you're, like, you're part of the head coaching team. I mean, yeah, but like, Sean Payton wasn't in it. Pete Carroll wasn't in it. Mike Find Tomlin him. wasn't in Find it. Find him. There were six. Even Bill Belichick, though, was in it this year, which is kind of funny. He's not in it usually. If Belichick's there, you all should be there. Uh, yes, yes, but like, there. I think it's okay that Sean was not hundred uh, bucks in the picture. Hundred yeah. bucks oh, in pennies. Okay, great. In pennies. Yeah. Roll, please. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, the biggest rule change I think yeah. we can say is what I want to call the Roby Coleman rule. Nice. Which is now that all uh, pass interference penalties, calls and non-calls, defensive, offensive, can be reviewed. Thank God. Well, you have the right to challenge, right? You can drop a flag. Yes, I, I, that is what I should have and said. You they still are have, challengeable yes, plays. Uh, for the first 28 minutes of mm-hmm. each half, and the last two minutes is up to a booth review. Is that it? Yes, that is absolutely correct. Yay, so, NFL. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah? Good. St- absolutely, yes. Um, look, it happens both ways. I know everyone thinks this is a New Orleans rule or a Roby Coleman rule. This happens a thousand times a day in the National Football League. It does. Every Sunday, Monday, whenever you're playing, there's missed calls or bogus calls. Yes. There, you should have the right to challenge these. Yes. Especially when it's obvious. Sure. And I even said this during the game in New Orleans. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm biased. I'm happy it benefited the Rams. But get the freaking call right. That's sure. ridiculous. Yes. You can't have that happen. So thank goodness we got this right. Yeah, I think that what you said there is actually a good way to intro what Sean McVay had to say at the coaches' breakfast yesterday. Now, this clip comes from before they actually took the vote 
on what actually then became the proposal. But I think Sean McVay pretty clearly states almost exactly what you were saying, that you just want to get the calls right. So take a listen. I think, you know, whatever we can do to continue to clean up the integrity of the game as far as not missing clear-cut things. And, and I think the big thing that's been made about it, obviously we all know we're talking about Nikel Roby's play against the Saints. Um, you know, that, that was a play that worked in our favor, but we're not going to sit here and say when you go back and watch it that it wasn't defensive uh, pass interference. We all know that. Um, and we don't, you know, we want consistency with some of those things. And in terms of the language, the verbiage there's a lot of layers that Sean and, and Mike Tomlin can talk about way better than I could uh, you know you're continuing to get educated on those things but anything that's you know progressive in terms of just making sure that we officiate the game the way that you know it's worded in the rule book and, and can stay within those frameworks is exactly what we all want as coaches so that's Sean McVay at the coaches' breakfast yesterday, um, and we thank uh, Joanna Hunter, who is another one of our corporate communications people, for making sure we got that audio. Nice. Um, but I, I think exactly what you were saying before, DeMarco, it's you want to get those calls right. And so even though, yeah, we can go back and admit that that play that Nicole, excuse me, Nikel Roby Coleman made mm -hmm. against the Saints was pass interference. Yes, it benefited the Rams, but that doesn't mean in the future you want those calls to not get right. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I hate when games like that, especially the NFC Championship game, is it's marred by one call. You forget everything else that went that happened before or after. All you're focused on is the call because either you won or lost because of that in your mind. So that drives me nuts. Let's eliminate that. Let's at least give give a team or a coach, a coaching staff, the chance to have a say in this. You yes. missed this call. Let me help you out. And that's what I'm all about. Help those officials out, man. It is fast down there on the field. Right. Really. I mean, I'm sitting there like five years away from the same official, and we have opposite calls. And we're looking at the same thing from the same angle. And he turns out to be right or I turn out to be right. So anything you can do to help them out just to help the game move on so you don't have these black eyes. So we won't be talking about one stupid call for the next six months. It was a game. It happened. It's over. Let's move on. Get the calls right. Sure. I think this is interesting, though, because it kind of opens up the NFL to do more in terms of reviewing calls. Now, if you look at this rule in particular, it was adopted 31 to 1, right, mm -hmm. in terms of the owners voting for it. And the only ownership group that did not vote for this was the Bengals, which is like, why? Because it's interesting because, you know, from you what I've read... have one voice of dissent, what, I guess, yeah. I, I guess. Yeah, one. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. But from what I've read and from what I heard from Sean McVay yesterday, it, it sounds like all the coaches were in unison on this. They all wanted something to happen. Sean Payton led the charge for it. I mean, and we all understand why, mm -hmm. along with Gail Benson, um, the owner of the New Orleans Saints. And then you also have coaches... Speak up like Jason Garrett, who I read with played a pretty big part and was actually really articulate in what he wanted to come out of this. Guys like Andy Reid and Bill Belichick encouraging the coaches to stay in terms of uh, for a meeting that then lasted about three hours, you know, after it was scheduled to end and making sure that they actually got something done out of this. So clearly there was some really big momentum that was pushing the league in this direction to actually do something. And now we have what they've done. I just, what's the downside of this? That's the one thing I don't know. I think this is all towards the positive. Uh, I thought the new catch rule going all the way back would have been something positive. Now we don't know what a catch is anymore. Do you know what a catch is? I thought I had a better understanding of what a catch was under the rules before they adopted what they did last year. So we're still in that quagmire. So, yes. I mean, that was a, the downside of 
trying to figure out catch, no catch. And now we're stuck in the middle. So I, I hope we don't create another situation with this, with having the ability to challenge DPI or OPI. I hope we don't open Pandora's box and make the game worse. Because that's what I think the catch rule is right now. Sure. It made the game worse. We're not even sure what it is anymore. Uh, if you slow it down, it looks like a catch. If you speed it up, it doesn't look like a catch. So what is it? I don't know. Uh, what's the what's the role of the official on the field? If he signals touchdown or incomplete, you can't challenge, you, you can challenge. It, it turns into a mess. So I don't know what happens with this. What's the negative side of this? I, I don't know. I think one thing that could be an unintended consequence is it makes defensive back that much harder to play, right? Because the only thing is that you still are going to have a coach with two challenges, and that's all you get. Right. And then you get if you win two, you get a third. So that's the same rule. And this is just another challengeable play. And if a replay needs to happen wow. from the booth yeah. and within the last two minutes of the game, again, that would come from the booth on either a non-call or a defensive pass interference penalty or an offensive pass This could be a mess. Penalty. I just thought about that now. So, so I feel like we're kind of, kind of on opposite sides of this because the more yeah. I think about it, the more I like it. And it seems like the more you think about it, the more you don't. Well, I mean, like now it's up to a coach. You can challenge a non-call. So you go back and look at a play that looks like it's, it's a clean defensive play. Well, he's got his hand on his back. Well, technically, that's pass interference. Yeah. Well, it didn't interfere with the play. It's just his hand is on his back. <laughs> so the official let it go. But when you look at it in slow motion, oh, well, it's, it's clear P.I., Give them a first down. Well, but is that clear P.I.? See, I think that's what, what at least what Sean McVay said. The letter said, of the law? Sure. In that clip, no, it's got to be clear cut. We're trying to figure out the things that are clear cut. Right. And there was actually another clip so that he had, So if he's holding too. the jersey, but it's not pulled, but he's holding it, it just all depends on how you interpret that rule. He's yeah. got He's got the jersey. He's got a fistful of jersey, but he's not yanking him. Right. So it depends on how you argue that. I, again, I, I think it's... There's always the shades of gray. Right. And that's another thing that he was talking about um, in a question that came before uh, the clip we just played and him being Sean McVay. And it's, okay, we have to, obviously there's going to be like a lot of gray on some of these plays. But if there is something that is clear and blatantly obvious, right, I think that there are going to be judgment calls that are going to be subjective. That's the nature of officiating. But if there's something that is clearly mm -hmm. incorrect. Right. Like, that's what you've got to get right. Well, how much clear stuff? Well, besides Nikel Roby Coleman. I mean, that was clear. But right. say there's a, a, a call that was made on the field. Uh, it is DPI. It was flagged as DPI. You challenge, right? And you go and look at it, and the guy says, no, it looks like football to me. Right? So that changes the way the game's going to be played for the rest of the day. You know what I mean? Yes. One call. One holding call changes everything. One DPI that's upheld or... There was a non-call that's called after a challenge. It changes the whole game for a day. It does. That that starts to scare me now. Yeah, sure. And, and I think that that's fair. Um, the other aspect of it is that it's only these defensive pass interference penalties, though. I mean, you just brought up holding, mm -hmm. right? So if there's a clear-cut hold that's not called, how does that affect things, right? You, you're not going to be able to get go back and retrospect and get that called. That's true. Well, if you want to know what holding is, just put the camera on 99. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just just watch him and what happens to him. Right. It's like Shaq back in the day. The guy gets fouled every single, you know, possession. He gets held every single rush, you know, but you can't call every single hold. The game would be six hours long. So, you know, I hope when the coaches were in that room for three hours, there aren't going to be any personal vendettas against certain players, like a Marcus Peters, who plays it close, laser close every single snap. Well, 
He gets into a verbal battle with some coach on the sideline. Now you start challenging everything he does. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, instead of just letting the guy play football. I hope this doesn't turn into a mess. Well, that's the that's why I think it's important that the coaches still only have two challenges mm-hmm. in a game. Right? But you're right twice. You said you get the, you get yes, another one back. Yes, you're right twice, you get another one. Yeah, okay, all right. But who's right twice? Well, <laughs> well, Sean Payton would have been. Who would have been right once? Maybe more. Game? Maybe more than once. <laughs> he would have been right there, definitely. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But again, that's, but that's it, where it goes back to being clear cut. Right, and you know McVay I mean? would have the same options as well, too. Right. You know, so I, it's fair for everyone. It's just, look, I, I love it. I love the fact that you're opening up replay. It just, I just don't know what the downside would be. I don't know what the negative could be. And we're going to find out soon. You're Okay, so yeah. it's basically, so, you know, last podcast, right, we talked about the known knowns, the known unknowns, yeah. the unknown knowns. How do you, you know? pervert this rule? Because everybody's going to. Right. Yeah. That's what. That's one thing that I think about is, okay, do you guys just start throwing deep and trying to induce pass interference instead of, you know, actually getting a deep play? You know what I'm saying? Like, because sometimes that happens where even if a player, like Brandon Cooks, this happened a bunch early in the mm-hmm. season last year, I felt like, before maybe Brandon Cooks and, and, and Jared Goff really, really got their timing down. Brandon Cooks would go on deep routes. Jared Cook, uh, excuse me, Jared Goff, would not necessarily get the ball to him, but he would throw it up, and then Brandon Cooks would get a pass interference call, and that would move the ball up a lot. Oh, yeah. I feel like you might start seeing even more of that just because it's, okay, This if, if you get a pass interference call, if you induce the defensive back to go up with you trying to catch it, yeah. we might get something, and even if it's not called, we can challenge it. True. I, I hear this in coaches when they do, you know, they, they talk about deep balls, vertical roots, or what have you. They say it's either a big play or who knows, we might get the pass interference. So right. it is part of their game plan. Yes. So if there is a way to, like you said, if this could be a part of, if this is in your offensive playbook, let's just go down and see if we can get a penalty. You know, if you see man covers, throw it at the guy's back and we'll have a guy try to out jump you for the football. If we catch it, so be it. If not, we'll get the penalty. That's going to be in somebody's playbook. Just like rub routes, <laughs> yes, rub routes yes, and pick yes. routes. Same thing. If we're, if we're, if we don't time it up, we may get flagged. If we do, it's a big play. Uh, run the run the rub route at the official. If you knock them over, so be it. <laughs> you right. know, make the defender have to make the choice. So it's going to be in everybody's offensive game plan. It's going to be in the back of Aaron Rodgers' mind if he knows that now. You have the benefit of challenging. Yeah, throw it deep. Let's see what happens. Let's see if the defender can make a play clean on a ball like that. Right. If not, challenge the darn thing. But if it should be in the back of every quarterback's mind. Right. right? Oh, I, I, it'll be in the back of Jared Goff's I'm, mind. It should be at I'm least. just getting depressed now. Why? So even if you don't get the vertical pass, if, if you don't complete it, just challenge it. Slow it down. You'll find P.I. You might, yes. Well, that's scary. That's what I mean. That's perverting, a downside, yes. Perverting the rule, right. Well, no, it just it seems like this is going to be another thing that is going to really make it more difficult for defensive yeah. backs to play the sport. You talked me into it. Now I'm nervous. Oh, well. But I like it, though. I, I like the fact that you have a chance to get the calls right. Um, I think the, the thing that makes me more nervous to pinpoint it is challenging calls that aren't made and that are a little gray creating calls that weren't there. Right. You know what I mean? If it's yes. obvious, like we saw in the NFC Championship game, that's obvious. Yes. Challenge that, let's get the call right. But if nothing's there and you've got nothing going offensively that day, let's just see if we can create a penalty here by slowing it down and watching it. 
Right. I hate that. Well, yeah. okay, this is an interesting aspect of it, too, because Adam Schefter tweeted this last night after this rule was adopted. And he said that the NFL's competition committee also admitted that the Brandon Cooks play at the end of this year's Super Bowl, so this is the throw before uh, Stephon Gilmore uh, picked off Jared Goff. Yeah. So Brandon Cooks running down yeah, the yeah. right sideline. He's mm-hmm. got an arm on him. Da da da. So the 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 competition committee admitted that that play at the end of this year's Super Bowl would have been ruled pass interference, giving the Rams the ball at the one yard line. So that's another thing that was not called, and it really was consequential. Oh boy! Oh because boy. on the be next giving, play, <laughs> you're going to be giving Goff, teams the ball at the one, right? On calls that aren't made. So that's the other <laughs> thing. Yes, that's the other thing about this. I think it almost makes you want to say. Maybe defensive pass interference should be more like college, where it's not a spot foul. It's 15 yards. Well, then that would make me more aggressive as a defender. Right. If I'm only giving up 15 yards. Yes. <laughs> right. But at the same time, like, you've got – at some point, don't you have to give defenders something? Uh, well, you yeah. Know? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, spot uh, – back when I was my, a kid. My proposal yeah. would be spot foul for anything under 15 yards, and if it's longer than that, 15. Unless it's completely egregious, and then maybe it's 20. I don't know. Okay. Well, I mean, l- perverting the rules. If the worst I can give give up is 15 yards, maul him. Yes, Yeah, just, just maul absolutely. the hell out of him. Yeah. And if you're – because if you're going to get beat, I mean, that's what they – Might as well do grab that him. anyway. Lewis Breeden, I think I told you this story. This cornerback when I was a kid – Standing in the end zone, he's beat, so he has a choice. Throw you down or give up a touchdown. So he slammed the guy. Clear PI, they only moved the ball up 15 yards, didn't give up a touchdown. That's where the rule was changed. Mm. If you do this in the end zone, or <laughs> we're going to put the ball on the one, right? right? We've got to make damn sure you can't do this. So, yeah, I mean, um, it's going to be tough. We'll see what happens. Um, I like the fact that you get to go in and look. Uh, I just I worry about some of these offensive gurus perverting the rule. For their own benefit. Like Sean McVay? Not necessarily him. Just guys with axe to grind. With axes to grind. Axes? Axe yeah. to grind. Whatever. Just coaches like that that are on the cutting edge. Yeah. Like a Sean... Peyton? <laughs> like a Sean... Sean. Any man named Sean? Any man named Sean. Did I name the page? Any man named Sean. Let's just move on. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. I think that there are a lot of things that can happen out of this. The, the one thing I do like, though, is that offensive pass interference is also reviewable. Thank God. Right. But so they won't again, call it. You I won't know, get it. That's a- <laughs> Even with a review, you won't get it. You know you won't get it. It's an offensive game. Oh, my gosh. Right. That's so. And I, I love Isaac. Isaac Bruce should be in the Hall of Fame. But he is the best push-off guy I've ever seen in my life. He does it so quick, you don't even know what happened. And it's obvious. All of a sudden, he just gains a yard of separation. That's a veteran move. That's what they call that. That's called push off. Well, <laughs> so, but that's the thing. Maybe now those you kinds still of won't things, get it. Come I, on. I tend to agree with you based yeah. on the offensive game. That's literally what I have in my notes. Like, I just don't necessarily think that that many more offensive pass interference calls are going to be called. Right now, the other thing that I think you can get is what. If there's a non-call, right, and then you've got two guys squaring off, it probably could stay a non-call, you know? If they're if so guys I are checking I challenge a non-call and it stays a non-call? It could stay a non-call. That'll be interesting. Yeah, and you waste a timeout, too. Okay, if you're looking... Because that's going to happen. At some point, that's going to happen. Somebody's going to challenge a non-call, and then they're going to be like, no, this isn't passing. But why would I challenge something that's not there? So if you see something, like 
hand fighting or jersey pull and it wasn't called, that's going to make you challenge. Yes. Well, there's going to be something there on the video. Maybe. So you're challenging nothing? I'm just saying, if you're no, challenged, no, no, no. if you if you challenge and nothing comes of it, you should lose your next challenge. Well, you lose a challenge and you lose a timeout. <laughs> you should, that's you should lose your next one, dude. That's no, but that's literally the how challenges work I, all the time. I if saw you lose a PI a challenge, and there's nothing there. It's a clean play. You should lose all challenges. <laughs> really? Come on. I mean, I'm just saying, like, but that probably will happen maybe at the end of the game, right? You got nothing else to lose. You're down four, yeah. and you need a score, and you've got, like, I don't know, 215 left on the clock, right? Right. You you throw it deep, and you say, hey, maybe we get something, maybe we don't, and then, boom, you know, you go up, and maybe there's nothing there, but on yeah. the off chance that there is, it's living you challenge Madden. it. This is living Madden. That's what people do in Madden. Yeah. They hope for something. They hope for a call. Towards Fair. the end of games. Well, you can't hope for a, like a penalty in Madden. You got to actually try to execute it. But I hear you. You hope for calls, right? You hope for something big to happen when nothing's going right for you. Yes, that's yeah. that's definitely the way I play Madden because I'm very bad. See, at it. we'll get the call. If not, well, if we get the call, we get the ball in the one, and we can punch it in from here. Yes, that's a cheap way to win. Well, it could have happened apparently that's, in the that's Super a cheap Bowl. Way to win. We'll, we'll see. Although that was a really well delivered ball by Goff. It was. The, the, Just the, look, have some integrity going. about it. Just don't be. Don't be a jerk about it. If if you have the power to challenge, people I, are going to be a jerk about it. Oh, I just that's well, they, it's a tool that you have, right? If you're trying to win a football game, that that's what you should do. You should use okay. all the tools that you've got. Well, if you if you're acting like a jerk and you, if you are, if you're acting like a jerk and you challenge a play that's a clear good football play that has some gray to it and it's overturned, remember your DBs are going on the field next, and I hope it happens to you. Sure. Yeah, really, I do. Well, that turnabout is fair play, right? I, I hope so. I really do hope so. And, I mean, look, I think the biggest thing, and, again, Sean McVay said this, they want to preserve the integrity of the game. They want to make sure the calls are right. Mm -hmm. So there's always going to be that gray area as we sort of circle back to this. But at the same time, you want to just get things right that you know are wrong. That's that to me is the biggest thing that is going on with this. And if they yeah. can do that, and it could be again, it could be defensive, it could be offensive, it could be called, not called. If you throw the challenge flag, you're basically saying, I want this to get right. It's just like in theory, if <laughs> I it's want a this reception, to get right or I need a break today. <laughs> it's just like if there's a reception or not, if there's a fumble or not, yeah, yeah. you know, you want to be able to get those things right. You know, I, I wish you could move this over to roughing the passer, but there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, a designated strike zone, you know, below the chin, above the, the belt buckle. Just make sure a guy gets hit there. Or, and if it's a little bit low or a little bit high, let it go slightly. You know what I mean? Sure. If it's not a, a, a clear cut headshot, like the guy's trying to decapitate the quarterback and he just makes contact with the helmet, it shouldn't be 15. Right. That's 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 ridiculous. I wish we have a chance to review that as well. I, I agree with you. And, you know, there's, there's the targeting penalty in college football that mm -hmm. people sometimes it, – it's not targeting in the NFL. There's no targeting rule. It's a unnecessary roughness. It's a blow to the head. Da, mm -hmm. da, da, da. Now, and people can get ejected for doing things like that. And it's – again, it's not targeting, but it is – uh, the type of penalty that is just basically so unnecessary and so flagrant that, you know, you have to be thrown out of the game. Right. Uh, those things, I think, also should be subject to review. That is the one thing that I think is good about the targeting penalty in college football is that those things are automatically reviewed. Now, what I don't necessarily like 
is that you get ejected just straight away if it is determined that you made a targeting penalty because some of those seem to me like they are football plays. So and if you're making yes, yeah, some yeah. I think that some should be 15 yards and I think some should be automatic ejection. And if you get into that, obviously you're you're you know probably defining a gray area that is too large, right? That's why it's True. that's why it either is or it isn't. You're rejected or you're not. Um, but I think that is maybe the trend of where the NFL hmm. is starting to go in terms of penalties and things I like that. I can kind of tell as <clears throat> a former defensive player when a guy has a choice to bury a guy or not when it's unnecessary mm -hmm. and when it is. Like a football play, if you can tell by the guy's head, if he's just if he takes a look to his left and there's contact, the guy had hardly had a chance to brace himself for that shot. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. It looks worse than what it was. But if you've got two or three steps and you actually place target your helmet to where you want to right. to drop a guy, okay, then you're not playing football today. Right. You're playing for Sports Illustrated. You're trying to make a name for yourself. Yeah. You should be ejected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's the type of stuff we're trying to get rid of in football, right. period. But right. come on, just use your head. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I think that that's true, too. Um. So it, what is really interesting about kind of all these rule changes, and we mentioned his name, Sean Payton really was the champion of this. And so the owners' meetings were going on in Phoenix over the course of this week. And I read this from uh, Charles Robinson, who's an NFL reporter for Yahoo. He wrote, It took New Orleans Saints coach Sean Payton arguing his case to the competition committee and the media in seemingly every form. He spoke in the corridors of the Blitmore Hotel to other coaches and executives. He also stood in media scrums on sidewalks and sat for television interviews. He even arrived 20 minutes early to the coach's breakfast on Tuesday, seemingly knowing he would have a room full of reporters to himself. Woo. So you talk about a campaign. That's yeah. what Sean Payton was going He through. wrote a strongly worded letter mm -hmm. <laughs> to everyone. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, look, he should have. Um, and it's not just against the Rams. That could have happened to anybody, against yes. anyone. And that just can't happen. Because really, it overshadowed everything else in the postseason. Even the Super Bowl. It did. You know, you're, you're still going back talking about this because it was that obvious. It's right. something that needs to be fixed. And it, it's it's an easy fix. It, it is. And so then this, I thought, was kind of funny from the NFL Research Twitter account. So it said the league voted to expand replay on pass interference calls and made non-calls subject to review. At Saints fans rejoice, but be careful what you wish for. New Orleans was flagged for 20 defensive pass interference penalties last year, which was the most in the NFL. Oh, yeah. And it put an eyes emoji there. See? So somebody who runs the NFL research Twitter account has a sense of humor. Just saying, your DBs <laughs> are going out next. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It, it, it affects everybody on defense, including your guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how this rule plays out. Um, like I said, I hope it doesn't turn into a mess, a, a, another quagmire. Well, what we will have is a, a review, basically, of how this has gone a year from now. So mm -hmm. this is a, this is a one-year rule change. So a lot of these one-year rule changes that have gone on over the past few years have then been permanently adopted the following year. So I'm thinking about um, kickoffs. Yeah. Um, like the, the rule change I'm fine with last kickoffs. year. Yeah. yeah. I hated it before. I'm fine with it. What do you mean? The rules change. I'm ha I'm I'm fine with the way kickoffs are now. Yes, where yeah. they only have the three guys mm -hmm. beyond wherever, and then everybody's got to line up on the kickoff team at the line of scrimmage. The, the old kickoff was a concussion machine. 
Yes. Yeah, guaranteed. So I, I'm fine with that being out of the game. Um, and I like it that you're experimenting for a year to see how it works. And if we like it, we keep going with it. If yes. not, we can always go back. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, then another rule change that is sort of of this nature where it was a one year thing and then they permanently adopted it was uh, point after touchdowns being from being 33 yards instead of, you know, kicking it from the two yard line. Right. I so. still like that one. Really? Yeah. PAT was kind of a token play back in the day. It was. Yeah. I mean, and it was unnecessarily rough for the guys that had the block. <laughs> Believe me, I know. Especially, like, they changed it. You couldn't, like, run through the long snapper. Yes. Right? So you had yes. to give him a wide berth. Um, but it was still just a token play. You can't get there fast enough to block a PAT. The ball's up too high. Right. It's off his foot and it's up. It's gone. So what are we really doing now? Make it a little, make it a little challenging for him and give us a chance to get to it. On the other side. What I, I like that. Yeah. What I remember Peter King saying and writing about this as it was sort of going on was that the PAT had become a non-competitive play and you want it to be a competitive play because it's a competitive game. Right. So that I, I think it is now more of a competitive play and kickers are still making them routinely, which right. they should. It's the point after touchdown, right? Like right. that, that I, I like that. There were some misses. Yes, there were. <laughs> kickers had a bad year last, last year. year. Yes, oh my God, we Place saw kickers some. had a rough year. Yeah, man, it was rough. It was rough. But if you think it's non-competitive, even from up close, watch what happens to the offensive linemen. Mm. These guys, they just know. You can tell. I'm just gonna have to stand here and just take a shot to the head. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. For about three seconds, and then try to stumble back to the sideline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's probably not fun. Well, it, but I mean, look, <laughs> I, I can't block it, so I might as well just knock your head off. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a fair trade. You just scored on me. I guess. Yeah. I mean, as we play glory days, like I'm thinking of when I was on point after stuff in high school. Yeah. And like, that was one of my least favorite things. You just like, stand I didn't there. Like, I didn't like that. I didn't like being on kickoff or return. Like, I was like, ugh. Like, just kick it, please. I liked like, return. Like, can we go for two? Kickoff return was fun. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't really like Especially that. Especially when you had a trapping kick return. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So you catch guys when they're not looking. That yeah. was oh, that was fun. Yes. Oh my god, that was fun. Yeah. The guy, I mean, the guy, like you're like way away, and he has no idea you're coming. Yeah. And he's just running like a scalded dog, straight yeah. downfield. Oh, I'm about to make a big play. Mom watches. Bang, and he's out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was so much fun. Yes. Oh, yeah. That probably was fun. Uh, my one memory from being on a kickoff return team. Yeah. So I think it was the second game of my sophomore year, right? And. I was on the front line, one of those five. And, you know, the rule is always make sure the ball goes over your head before right. you start running backwards. So right. it was, like, probably late in the first half, and they kick it right to me. Oh, boy. And I fell on it, went into the womb, as Coach Walton used to say, and yeah. we had our possession. Nice. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. What number were you wearing? 74. How much did you weigh? Oh, probably like 180, 180. Oh yeah, pounds. kick it right to seventy four. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> kick it I right. I showed them. <laughs> I showed them. Love it. Um, yeah. So that that's my one. Memorable love moment. it. Love it. Love I it. I've never told that story on the podcast before. I thought you did once. Oh, I think you did once. I'm turning into my grandfather then. That's cool. I think you did once. Just repeating stories. Because I think I told the story where I got blown up. The same show. Oh, really? On kick return. Uh, I can't, I can't cuss up? on the podcast. I don't no, want to. But can't. I'm counting the people like who I'm going to have to block. And there's like DB, DB, linebacker, DB. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, one, two, that's me. Why did you say that? <laughs> one, two, damn, that's me again. <laughs> Let me count again. One, two, damn, I got the linebacker. And he came down and just blew me up, Miles. I swear, <laughs> he blew me up so bad. And I could hear my wife's voice. Oh, honey. <laughs> 
<laughs> over 70,000 people. <laughs> it was horrible. Oh, my God. He splattered me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, anyway. What year was that? That was 1997 or 8. 1998, the year before. Okay. Playing the Carolina Panthers. A this, in Carolina or in St. In St. Louis. Louis. This dude, oh, I mean, he was, a, he was a linebacker fast as I don't know what, and he got up on me so quick. Like you said, I couldn't leave until he said go. Yeah. Right? So I'm waiting for the go, and when he said go, I turned around. It was just a face full of Panther. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Honey, oh. <laughs> well. Oh, yeah. Speaking of getting laid out like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Other rule changes this year, the owners voted to eliminate all blindside blocks. So not just those to the head or how? neck area. So to increase safety on punts and other plays. How? How do you how do you eliminate all blindside blocks? So you know how How am I supposed to block you if you if I'm coming to your blindside? I, I think part of it is you basically just have to not really try to engage that person in a violent manner if you're like lowering the shoulder. I remember seeing on so some So I can't blow you up. Right. Okay. Basically on some punt returns, what you'd see is guys. The wall. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like they come up and then they kind of like splay themselves out, you know, and nobody can see me what I'm it's doing. It's like a practice like, tempo. It's like what you, it's like what you yeah. see in special teams practice. Like right. your wall guy's off, you don't really hit him. Yes. Yeah. You just okay. kind of, you know, put your arms out. You you try to wall yourself off from hitting that uh, from that defender or you know player on the opposite team that you're trying to to block on those particular plays. Um, and so that is it, it's a it's a matter of player safety. Okay. And so that's why they're doing it. Is this in the open field or is this blindside blocks, period? It's all blindside oh, blocks. Oh, good. Trap plays are illegal now. No, I don't think so. That's a blindside shot. I can't see it coming. Wham plays should be illegal. I don't think I don't think that's what they mean by that. Because I think in order I think it, it probably does it what you're saying is probably in the open field. Because you can't just take out a trap. That's a staple of offenses. But it's it's a guaranteed blindside shot. That's why they call it a trap. I wouldn't necessarily That's why call it. that's why it's named trap and wham. I know. I mean Wham! I, I don't see this coming. Boom! You know? I understand what you're saying, but I think at the same time it's more you don't see it coming, but like if I'm the left guard and it's what uh, twenty two trap or whatever you mm -hmm. call it, right? So you're pulling you're over to the, the right three. side. Yeah, yes, yeah. you're trapping the three technique over to the right side. If I'm coming that way, my job is to get my head inside on the line of scrimmage so that I'm pushing him out. It's not just to just blow him up because he can't see me. He's coming what up the field. What kind of trap plays have you been watching? <laughs> He's coming <laughs> up the field. That guy is coming to decleat you. He's, he's not trying to get his head on the back. inside to root you out. He's coming to knock you out. <laughs> he is. Come on, dude. And that's what, I mean, if you, the outside foot of the guard to the next three technique is what, a good six yards? Yeah. That's a pretty good piece. That's three good hard steps. That guy's in full sprint by the time he makes contact yeah, with you. Yeah, you better be. That's what I'm saying. So if you're going to eliminate all blindside blocks, then traps are illegal. Great. You, good for us. No. <laughs> You know that's not how it works, defender. No over one cares there on about us in there. The See, that's what I'm telling you. Yeah, but I'm. I just. I wouldn't necessarily call a trap play a blindside block. I hear your argument. I do. It's in the name of the play. It's called a trap. Why do you think they call it a trap? Because we're trapping you. Yes. <laughs> Because you can't guy, see trap, boom. No, the trap part is that you're you thinking that he's the, the the defender is supposed to be thinking that he's unblocked, and then another guy is going to come and hit you in front of you in your line of sight, sort of <laughs> line of scrimmage. As I say this, I'm like, oh no, I sound like an idiot. 
thank you. There's a quarterback. There's action coming at you. The last thing you're thinking of is the next guy coming from the side. You can't see him. Blindside shot. Uh, you should have been in the room. Then. <laughs> but just... I don't think they voted to eliminate trap plays. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. No so one cares. Put, like this is what I'm saying. So power is going to be illegal too because you're pulling the guard and then well, he's power. He's turning up. He's turning up on a guy, and you're usually scoring up to hit. There's a kickout block, sure. Yes. But that guy has a chance to see it coming. Because the tackle is blocking down. A trap yes. play, you are running straight up the field and getting hit in the side of the head. Not getting hit in the side of the if head. You don't see not, it, if you don't see it coming. You're not supposed to get hit in the side of the head. That means you're probably playing too high if you get hit in the side of the head. That's wow. all you. Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> so so blindside shots are going to be illegal now. Blindside, they voted okay. to eliminate all blindside blocks, was there not a, just those that are neck area to increase safety on pumps. Was there a bad blindside shot this year? Was there somebody knocked you out? Know, I, I can't recall. Off the okay, top of I don't remember one. I don't yeah. remember a bad non-call or a bad call or somebody got injured because Not of really that. either. Okay. But good. Make it safer. Yes. Yeah, yes. but I mean, look, uh, it is still football, right? We still have pads on. Yes. So you can't legislate out all the violence of this game. Absolutely not. Yeah, so one of the tweets that someone sent when you sent out mailbag questions was, mm-hmm. is the NFL getting too soft? Well, it can't get completely soft we're still wearing pads it's still a physical violent game you're just trying to make it a little bit safer exactly yeah yes yes so um to that end so uh, we mentioned this they made permanent the 2018 changes to the kickoff rule um so again it's 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 an effort to to heighten player safety Mm -hmm. um and and things like that um they tabled a proposal that was originally put forth by the kansas city chiefs to guarantee each team a possession in overtime yeah I like that one. You do? I like that idea. Mm. I did. Play defense. That's correct. Cr- How do you like it? I say play defense. But I, I agree with you. I Look, it doesn't matter who wins the toss in overtime. Offense and defense gets paid. So if defense goes out first, I'm expecting you to get the stop and get the ball back. Yes. That's your job. That's your job. But I don't want to say make it fair, but at least give the other team a chance to score. to Give them the ball. Give them a possession. That makes that makes it a little more balanced to me. Maybe. A little more balanced than just one drive, you get it, you win, that's it. You know what I mean? So basically you're you're saying that somebody's defense has to make a stop, whether it's yours or the other team's. Right. It should be fair. It, it should Everybody be balanced. Everybody gets at least one possession. It should be balanced. I, I don't mind. I don't like it. I, I just I think that somebody should have to say, like, okay, look, I understand that the rules of the game are so favored to the offense, but at some at a certain point, you got to play defense, right? Like that's, right. that's what if you have no defense? Like, what if your defense is too bad? Uh, I mean, but what if it's lackluster and it's not very good? It's not your best unit, and you lose the toss. Well, that's that's not your control. That's the flip of the coin. So your best way to win is sitting on the sideline without a chance. That's not fair. Well, that's not fair. I mean. (laughs) On a flip of the coin. (laughs) That's not fair. But you have to, I mean, as you just said, those guys get paid too. Right. I mean, but what if your defense isn't great? Like, if you want to put out, put the the Ravens out there, you know, the 2000 Ravens or the Legion of Boom back in the day, great. Lead with defense, they probably win the game. But what if you lose the toss and you got to put your weaker unit on the field against their best unit? Well, that's not fair. It's just chance. Well, that's chance. I don't know. That's well, I don't want to I don't want this to come down to chance. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I, I hear you on that. And I guess if it's just one possession, then whatever. 
but I don't know. I, I don't mind the f- if you kick a field goal, then the other team win get, gets to uh, have the ball back. But if you score a touchdown, you win. I kind of like that. I don't know. I, I don't mind it the way it is. All right. Well, I mean, it just it, it depends on what on how you're looking at it. If if you're clearly an offensive minded football team, right? Your yes. whole draft, free agency, everything about you is offensive, and you lose a toss, and you don't get to put that that unit on the field to win the game. I mean, this is what happened to the Kansas City Chiefs exactly. in the AFC Championship. That would be frustrating to me. Yes. You don't get the opportunity to take the field. Yes. Well, that's and that's left up to a coin. That's not football. Yes. That's gambling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Make no. it balanced. No, right. I hear you. Um, there was a proposal voted down um, that came from the Denver Broncos to give teams a one-time option in the fourth quarter to have a fourth and 15 from their 35-yard line as an alt- as an alternative to an onside kick. So that's kind of like what they're doing in the AAF. Have you seen that? Like as an alternative to an the, onside kick, yeah. give you a fourth and 15. Okay, so if we stop you, where do we get the football? Probably wherever you stop them. I'm all in favor of it. Yeah? Yeah, fourth and 15 is almost impossible. It is. It's very hard. Good. I, I want to see somebody take that bet. Go ahead. Gamble on a fourth and 15. Because when you don't get it, I get the ball right there. Yeah, I mean, it's... And I'm going to cram it right back down your it's throat. It's an alternative to an onside kick. So it's like, it's sort of the same, you know? Like I think I'd rather onside, onside kick. kick. Really? Yeah, I think I'd rather onside kick You it. take your chances there. Yeah. In like, even if you've got like a quarterback that's, you know, blah, blah, blah. The on Denver an, Broncos, that's kind of funny. Well, on an onside kick, I can isolate two or three guys mm-hmm. and play football against them. Right. Versus a fourth and fifteen against eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. With with a chance of blitzing. Yes. You can't blitz the kicker. <laughs> you no, know you what I mean? Yeah. But I can blitz a quarterback. I, I can make it really tough for you to make that. I can even let you complete it and then bring you down before you get to the yard marker. Sure. Yeah. But onside kick, it's you better hope you practice this thing well on the other side. No doubt. Yeah. All right. A uh, couple more rules that got approved. Um, they approved a proposal that gives teams a choice in the timing of enforcement on a personal foul or in sportsmanlike conduct after a scoring play. The yardage can now be marked off either on the extra point or on the kickoff. They voted to allow the NFL's officiating department to eject players for flagrant fouls from the New York Command Center. Previously, it could eject players for non-football acts, such as punching or fighting, but only referees could eject players for flagrant hits. And they voted to use competitive tiebreakers rather than a coin flip for most ties in determining drafting order. So there, there was a lot there. Yes. Yeah. ESPN summed up all of those rules. I, I so mention. now players can be thrown out from New York mm-hmm. for stuff that's not flagged or called. Yes. Whew. Big brother is watching you. Big brother is watching you. Oof. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Nowhere to hide now. Right. So it's flagrant football fouls. So you've got to be like, you know, if the officials on the field don't see it and there is something that is seen on replay, that's something that you can then be ejected. So for. Taylor Lewan can be thrown out for being dirty. Maybe. I mean, if it's a foul, yes. Called or not called, right? So it doesn't say that. It says flagrant football fouls. From okay, the so if he gets center. away with a leg whip, New York can see it and throw the guy out. I don't know. Oh, that, okay. I, I, that, that is unclear from what I just okay, read. All right. It seems like not necessarily. I wonder who's going to be first. To get ejected for a flagrant foul yeah. from pro- New York? We probably have the same name. Vontez Perfect <laughs> will be the first guy thrown out. Well, I mean, he's probably going to be thrown out from the field. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow, this will be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Does any other sport do that? Does Throw hockey you out do from that? New York? 
does hockey do that? I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay, I have to check into that. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't. I don't watch enough hockey to uh, make that determination whether yeah. or not they do. But yeah. So those are all the the new and interesting, interesting. rules. Yeah, interesting. This was a longer rules discussion than I thought we were going to have. That's cool. I mean, every year there's going to be you know tweaks to the rules. Um, some are good, some are bad, some are going to go away. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think you should be trying different things. I love baseball. Everybody loves baseball, but I, I hate the strict adherence to well, this is the way we've played it forever. Sure. You need to evolve with the times. Guys are bigger, stronger, faster, especially in football. So if any sports need, needs to tinker with rules, it's professional football. Mm-hmm. No, I would agree with that. All right. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about Malcolm Brown, because last episode, I, I definitely said that I didn't necessarily think the Rams would match that offer. That was before the contract details. Or at least I was aware of them. So. Mm-hmm. The Malcolm Brown did sign that offer sheet two years, about three point two five million were the reported terms. And I guess if I had seen that, then I probably would have been like, oh, the Rams can probably match it unless there is some kind of poison pill in the contract. Mm -hmm. And apparently there was not because they did match the deal. And that means Malcolm Brown is going to be back with the Rams under contract for the next two years. Wow. He's the right type of guy for anybody's team. He is. He's a team guy. He, He brings it heart and soul to practice and in games. Um, I'm glad they brought him back. I think he's the perfect backup or the running back number two to Todd Gurley. If in a pinch you had to start Malcolm Brown, you'd feel comfortable that day. Uh, if you had to, if you scored 35 points and you wanted to rest Todd and let Malcolm clean it up, he's perfect for that. I, I think we said this at the end of the year. If it wasn't, if Malcolm didn't get hurt, everything that we talked about with CJ Anderson, we would have talked about with Malcolm Brown, maybe even more so. So I'm glad they brought him back to the fold. I mean, really. I mean, it's unfinished business. He's a part of this. He's been around long enough. I think he wants to finish here. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, we've said that on the program multiple times that, you mm-hmm. know, if if Malcolm Brown had not gotten hurt, then you probably would have said the same things about him that we said about C.J. Anderson. And so it, it, it's good to have guys that have chemistry in that backfield and they know how to play off of one another, mm-hmm. and they because be, they've been doing it since really their rookie year. You know, mm-hmm. Malcolm Brown came in as an undrafted guy out of Texas back in 2015, same year the Rams drafted Todd Gurley number ten overall. So they've been around each other, they understand how each other works, and I think. If you're going to monitor Todd Gurley's snaps more, which the Rams continually say that they will, that's the guy you want on the field. Absolutely. Because there's no drop-off. No, not at all. He, I mean, he brings it just as – he's a thousand-yard back on another football team. Right. Confident in saying that, no doubt. And everything that we say about Cooper Cup to the positive off the field, you can say about Malcolm Brown. Mm-hmm. Same type guy. He brings it. He loves it. He's about team. He's about team first. Uh, when you start talking about we, not me, you can look at him. He is a we-not-me type guy, I mean, in every sense of the word. So um, I was going to be happy for him going to, to Detroit if he had a, a situation where he was going to get the ball more. Great for Malcolm, but it would hurt here because you're going to be losing a, a strong team guy on this roster. Yes. That's going to be hard to replace. Now that he's back, great. So be it. You don't miss a beat. Well, I think he was hard to replace even last year when mm-hmm. he went down. And I remember Sean McVay uh, saying that when the injury was announced and, you know, it, I think somebody asked him, okay, is there a silver lining here in that you will get to play some younger players maybe before the postseason, you know, guys like Justin Davis, John Kelly. And Sean McVay said, I don't really think so because of everything that Malcolm Brown means to this team. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a big loss for us. And I think it really was. And 
if not for CJ Anderson, you know, who knows where the Rams would have been heading into the postseason, oh right? Oh boy. Right. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and I don't mean that to in a way to put anybody down who's on the Rams and is a running back right now and, and is still young, but I think we saw just how critical that position was yeah, yeah. when Todd Gurley went down. Well, on that note, I can't wait to see this version of John Kelly. Okay. Yeah, I, I want to see what he brings to the table. Got a little taste. They had to go in a different direction, weren't ready. You weren't ready for prime time. So going into year two, all that's out the window. Now let's see you perform. Yes. Let's see you earn a role on this team. Carve out a niche on this football team, if you can. Yes. Yeah, and he's going to have a chance to do that. I think there's a lot that you can learn from year one to year two. I mean, just going into the league, knowing what the league is all about, and having an, an entire off-season mm. program to work with the team that you know, when you know the offense, you know everything that's going around, you know the personalities in the building, that could only help you. So, no yeah, there, there yeah. could be more of a role for John Kelly in 2019. When did you get your first parking ticket? Uh, you remember? No. I don't know. Did you pay it right away? Did I pay it right away? Probably. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I tend to pay parking tickets right away. Like learning from year one to year two. First parking ticket, ah, just parking ticket, no big deal. Throw it in the golf compartment. Didn't think about it for like two months. Right? Okay. Until it reminded me it needs to be paid, and it doubled. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, and you can be taken to jail. Like if you don't pay for these a things. parking ticket. Oh, yes. you were serious about <laughs> this. <laughs> That's year one to year two. Oh, you were serious about all this. Yes, we are very serious about pass protection, getting in the weight room, everything that it takes to be a pro. All that rookie stuff out the window. Now you're expected to produce. Yes, no ifs, ands, or buts. Right. You're a pro now. Yes, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Pros can so be fired. They can be. Uh, in a heartbeat. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, in any, you know, that's in any profession. Yeah, the college won't stop producing rookies. Every year there's going to be a rookie. At your position, too. Yeah. Especially at that position. At especially at running back. Yeah. So year one, year two, when you move into year two, you have to start producing. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so Sean McVay did say um, yesterday at that breakfast as well that the Rams are probably pretty set at running back. He didn't close the door completely on bringing back C.J. Anderson, but essentially what he was saying is that with Malcolm Brown as the number two to Todd Gurley, that's who they're probably going to roll with. And he said, never say never. But and obviously he expressed appreciation for what C.J. Anderson did. But I think at least as of right now, the Rams are probably not going to bring C.J. Anderson back. Wow. Wow. Well, I hope he gets a job somewhere. Me too. I do. I mean, like you said, the guy rumbles, man. Yeah. It does. I mean, but didn't it strike you just as as this guy is rumbling through Dallas, rumbling through the, the, the San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals, two teams that weren't really great on defense, but he is just rumbling up the field, right? Why was this guy available? Yes. It, it made you wonder, right? Right. Wow, this guy is killing it. Why was he available? Maybe there's something we don't know. You know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But, I mean, from all my dealings with him, I wouldn't but understand that. Good Lord, this yeah. guy is good. Yeah. How did the Rams wind up getting him? Lucky. Lucky. Very yeah. lucky. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens there, but obviously wish C.J. Anderson all the best. No doubt. Um, before we get out of here, though, I do want to talk a little bit about Clay Matthews yeah. because now we know a little more about the role that he will play on the Rams' defense. So in that press conference last week that he had with Sean McVay and Les Snead that got brought up, 
And so he, McVeigh said, you know, when you get in some of those known passing situations, you can get creative with where you will move Clay Matthews around. Those are exciting things for us as coaches to think about. Absolutely. So, he yeah. can come from just about, you can line him up anywhere and he can blitz for, or blitz or rush from just about anywhere. Right. Um, depending on which matchup you want to get on him, if the running back is weak, if he's not good at pass protection, you're going to find a way to make sure Clay Matthews gets on him. Mm -hmm. If you've got a left or right tackle, or depending on if Fowler is manning one spot, if your right tackle is weak or your left guard is, is weak, find a way to get Matthews over the top of him outside of Donald. Right? Right. He's going to find a way to get there. He's The guy's done it for years. Exactly. He's very versatile. That's the, and I think that's exactly what you get when you have a veteran like that who, mm -hmm. can, who comes in, knows what he's capable of doing, has the experience of doing it at a high level for a very long time. That is why you bring in a, a someone like that. Yeah. Right? If I'm Samson Ebuchadnezzar, I would steal every move he had. I would. I would. I would steal everything he had, even in practice when he throws one in – in a one-on-one -on -one pass for us, rep. Hey, what did you just do there? Yeah. Yeah, show me how to do it. I'd be, like, on him like kids are on long snappers. How do you do this? <laughs> <laughs> show me how to do this. You know, teach me something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the guy's got an innate ability just to break hands down and get get instant pressure on quarterbacks. So, yeah, from anywhere, standing up, down, um, from an outside linebacker spot, from an inside linebacker spot, he can get pressure on the quarterback. Right, and he even said, you know, I expect my position to be fluid. Mm -hmm. So that means that you will probably line him up at inside sometimes, mm -hmm. but he's going to be really, I think, the outside linebacker, the pass rushing specialist that he's been throughout the course of his career. Uh, the best tweener I've ever seen in my lifetime is Willie McGinnis. Oh, yeah. What position does Willie McGinnis play? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah, depends like on who you're playing. Line, like outside linebacker, right. kind of. Defensive end. Yeah. It depends on who you're playing and how you're using him. Yeah. Clay Matthews is almost to that degree, except mm. he can't play defensive end. Right. Yeah, he can't go inside if you need to. But you'll never know as an offense where he's going to be. But you know one thing, when the ball snapped, he's going to be on top of your quarterback. I think it's going to be really interesting to have guys like Tlaib, like Eric Weddle, like Clay Matthews, all on the same defense with a guy like Aaron Donald as well, who now, I mean, he's the best at his position in yeah. the league. Did right? we talk about Weddle yet? We talked a little bit about did him. Did we really? Did I, did I tell you he was smart with his body? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I love safeties. Uh, safeties can be intimidators. They can be assassins. Um, those are the guys that hit themselves out of the league inside of five years. Mm -hmm. It's a great five years. You know what I mean? Yes. Like $100,000 in fines, <laughs> right? Uh, some big shots, some big wow yes. plays, but yes. you're going to have to replace that guy. He is so smart. Yeah. He knows how to get to the intersect point without having to just, you know, unload himself on a guy. Sure. You know, waste a shot. So smart with it. That, uh, that's how you get to be that experience playing that position. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to talking to more football with those guys once they're here for the offseason program, just because when you've got guys that are, you know, in the league for 10 plus years, they just have so much knowledge. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm just kind of person. I like soaking that up. It's That's fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to hear them break down the other quarterbacks, what they mm -hmm. like, where they like, how they how how did you defend Russell Wilson when you yeah. played him? Yeah. You know, how did you defend X, Y and Z when you had to play against him? This is what we did and this is how. What he likes to do. Love that stuff we're from those guys. To, we're going to have to go over to Kalu, bring the podcast stuff over Let's there. Let's go. Absolutely. Guys, yeah. Um, for sure. All right. Any other parting shots? No. None. None? Absolutely none. Nothing. Nothing. Awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yes. Great stuff. Great stuff. Thanks for listening. Will you everybody. end the podcast, please? <laughs> <laughs> Usually you do. You have something I have else no to say. Okay. Do you have a parting shot, Not Miles? Not really, no.
Thank you very much. It's my job is to ask you if you have the parting Where's shot. Where's that written in the in the rule book? I don't know. It's an unwritten rule. It's like baseball. Opening day starts tomorrow, everybody. I challenge that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that, that wasn't changed in the bylaws. Anyway, thanks for so much for listening to Between the Horns, everybody. And be sure to stay tuned to therams.com for all your off-season coverage.